Welcome to the Talking People and Technology podcast. I'm Jared Cameron, and I'm joined as per usual by David G. How are you, Dave? I'm good, mate. Yes, we're uh, in the, the the buzzy morning break here, so um, it's always good. We've uh, replenished the coffee supplies, and we uh, ready to crank on with our next interview. Yeah, so we're at the Contingent Workforce Conference, and we're actually joined right now by Tim Walmsley from Benchon. How are you, Tim? Yeah, very good, very well. You having a good conference so far? It's been amazing. The interest has been unbelievable, and I've now finished all my speaking engagements after this, so I can just relax and <laughs> enjoy the food. Well, not quite, because you've got one more to go here on our podcast. Oh, of course, yeah, after, after most, this fantastic event. <laughs> the most important fantastic. one. That's, yeah. So, Tim, uh, Benchon, yeah. tell, us, tell us the Benchon story. Uh, so, Benchon, what we do is we solve employee underutilization in industry, um, and we do that with our business-to-business supplier sourcing platform that matches uh, businesses' short-term contract requirements for contingent workers, and we match that to the available hidden talent inside other companies. Awesome. And in that way, businesses can manage the peaks and troughs of their business cycle, yep. you know, with contracts for their staff in the troughs so that they can reduce their overhead, increase their revenue, and then grow their business sustainably. And then in the peaks, when you've got too much work, you can then get the highest quality professionals from other companies at under market rate. Yeah, awesome. What a uh, great concept. That's yeah, a fantastic so we're, concept, what stage it? of the journey are you guys at in terms of... Uh, so we've just finished our first year in operation. We launched yep. in September last year. Um, we're going through a seed round now because we need to scale fast to meet the demand that we're already experiencing. Yeah, um, So I, we've got a imagine. couple of big partnerships already and... I need to move. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. For uh, um, and it's a great, it's a great opportunity. Obviously, what was the um, what's what spurred or catalyzed uh, you to to stand this this idea, this solution up? Yeah, so I had a fantastic job uh, as the national director of strategy and business development for a mm-hmm. U.S. aerospace consulting company, yep. and. I, not- I started to notice the problem of the contracts never lining up and, and the expense and strain that they put on uh, particularly small business owners uh, yeah. when they were paying the salaries of their staff with no revenue coming in. And I got sick and tired of seeing you know great people losing their jobs and yeah. small businesses shutting down just because of this issue. And it wasn't until I was sitting in an enterprise's sourcing department and I overheard the sourcing manager said, you know, I don't have a bench of high-quality people just sitting here re- re- to respond to the whims of the Commonwealth. Um, <laughs> that the light bulb moment happened. <laughs> awesome. And I said, I know where those people are. They're sitting yeah. hidden inside other companes. And I'm um, going to get your bench on. Yeah, that's uh, right. That's, that's right. Good. So actually, you got your name right there. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. I, I really love this concept. I actually think it's fantastic. When I first read that we are going to be inter- uh, interviewing you and I sort of read up on bench on, I thought, oh, I can see some immediate applications. Um you know, I'm, I'm from New Zealand. One of the things that we always talk about in NZ is there's a talent shortage mm. in New Zealand. Mm. And I actually have heard some customers that are mm. talking about sharing some of their workers. So, yeah. you know, interesting to hear that, you know, well, it's something that... They tried to train sheep up, but they <laughs> found that unproductive. So yeah. now they've got to go to some other options. Back yeah, no, it's... That's it, what we needed. It, that's what I mean. The enterprises are out there saying that there's massive talent shortages. Yet yeah. the underutilization rate across the world is sitting at 27%. Right. I mean, and Mike, you know, a lot of the companies here are, are nowhere near that. They're sitting at around, you know, 40%, 50% utilisation. Yeah, yeah. So to give you an example, a company with 100 staff at average salary rates, they're losing $2.4 million each year in underutilisation costs, yeah. which is insane. Yeah. I reckon that money would be better spent creating 24 new full-time jobs for the company. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I guess there's another, there's another side to it, 
too. I mean, mm. the under, there's financial implications of underutilisation, mm. but there's also the implications on the individuals. Yeah. So right. there's nothing Motivation worse than most most humans don't like to sit there and just twiddle their thumbs. Yeah. You know, well, well, it's certainly a, de- a demotivating factor for your current team because yeah. you know they're seeing you just cut people away as soon as there's no opportunity, and they're like, well. When's that going to happen to me? Yeah. You know? And then yeah. they start looking elsewhere. Yeah. Whereas this actually gives you another you know, string to your bow in terms of employee advocacy because you're empowering your employees to use their whole skill set, not just the skill set you employed them for, yeah, yeah. to go out and create new networks and, and bring those experiences back to your company re-energised and, mm. and, and improve your business. That's great. I don't, I don't like making these sorts of comparisons, but this is obviously... Benchon's got a, a flavour of the sharing economy around it. Mm. So, you know, obviously the big ticket companies, the Ubers, the Airbnbs and the like. Yeah. Um, ha- have you been looking at those models and looking at how you can apply some of the principles or some of the, the business models to what you're doing? Yeah, we looked at all of them and we, we uh, cherry-picked the best yep. to suit this specific arrangement for business to business. So what we see it as is, is it gives you the flexibility of the gig economy but the stability of a business framework where you can train, mentor, and develop the highest quality teams. And yeah. I think that gives you the best of both worlds yep. um, rather than just, you know, this trend of the casualization of the workforce uh, mm. and everyone just being out there on their own uh, and struggling. Yeah. I, I don't believe that that's the, the, you know, where we should be headed. Yeah, no. Uh... Tom, how, how does it work? So if you, if you sort of say, I'm a manager, I'm in an organisation, um, I'm about to hit a period of peak activity, mm. and I go, you know what, I don't want to go out and, and hire for that. I, w- I actually want to see what's available within the industry. Um, yep. How does it work with Benchon? What would, what would be the process like for a manager? Yeah, sure. So um, because we're business to business, we believe it's important to protect our clients' proprietary information. So we're not a platform where you can scroll through jobs and scroll through people. Right. Everything is securely hidden inside our servers, and that's where the matching's done. Right. And any information that is released as part of that match is all done under a non-disclosure agreement. So you, you know you're protected as a company, first and foremost. And then we've got a two-gated system to further protect you. Um, w- first one is the conflict of interest gate, where you can not be matched to your competitors and your only <laughs> shortlisting companies that you're happy to work with. Right, Probably makes cool. sense. Yeah. <laughs> and then the suitability assessment gate, where under the non-disclosure agreement, the information's released both ways and both parties decide whether they'd like to proceed. Mm-hmm. Um, so in that way, we've created a collaborative, transparent environment where companies can happily collaborate with each other and know that no one's going to do a dodgy. Yeah, you know? yeah, um, it's, yeah. it, all it is is we've created an environment where businesses can operate the way everyone wants businesses yeah. to operate. And with, with a certain amount of sort of safeguards in place. I mean, yeah. does, does it operate like a marketplace or is it more like um, one organisation has set up a partnership with another one and so they effectively share workers between them or is it actually you could be matched to a number of organisations? Yeah, it's an open market approach and the reason we chose that was because there's a lot of power in the fact that we're breaking down industry boundaries. Yeah. Um, yeah. No yeah. longer are you limited to the talent pool just in your industry we will match you to the best professional from whatever company, no matter where they're located or what industry they're in. So your talent pool is now completely broadened from what you from what you used to have. You know, uh, people at the moment are only you know dealing with recruiters and freelancers, but you're only tapping into the job seeker pool. Yeah. You yeah. know, we tap into the happily employed pool, mm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> which which hasn't been done before. Yeah, I, I it's really cool. Yeah. So I, um, you just touched on this this notion of the casualization of the workforce, and mm. we, we certainly we know um, particularly it's a very sensitive area around contingent workforce that yep. that it's being. Yeah, the unions will, will tell us that um, that's it's a tool to fragment the. Uh, the full-time and part-time um, roles and casualise the work sh- workforce. But what I'm hearing 
from you is you're actually trying to counter that to say, well, we can actually create fully productive full-time roles for mm. people, just deploy them smart, more, more effectively across organisations and projects. Yeah, that's right. I've just been having the most amazing discussions with Kevin Wheeler about this yeah. uh, because it's something I'm very passionate about and yep. he obviously is as well. Um, I think it just needs a balanced approach. Yeah. Um, yeah. You, you can't create the high quality professionals of the future um, just by, you know, once they leave university, you pat them on the bum and say, you're on your own champ. Yeah, you know? yeah. So th- those, those professionals are growing through a framework of training, mentoring and process that happens in business. And sure, when you reach your pinnacle of your career and you've made a name for yourself, go out and become an independent contractor yeah, and earn yeah, the money yeah. you're entitled to. But the, the Starting- business is... Yeah, businesses yeah. are still the way to go. And, and I think as humans, throughout our whole history, we've always grouped ourselves together for safety and stability. Yep, yep. So why is it that now all of a sudden humans are going to split off and just be rogue agents uh, for themselves? Yeah. It wouldn't. I mean, even if we went fully contingent and casualized, we would then see those people then forming yeah. these yeah, contingent work group things. And yeah. you know what that's called? That's called a business. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so yep. I just see it. The pendulum swung very far one way yeah. and people are sensing doom and gloom and I think it will swing back to a more balanced approach. I think that's great. Um, I've been banging a drum of late um, around the future of work and and the world of work for my kids. I've got, you know, my oldest is 11, been in the workforce for probably 10, 15 years. Mm. Um, and, and there's this, you know, I've got this concern about are we actually equipping them for the work for the workplace of the future, the workforce of the future. Yep. Um, and I've got this kind of general call to action to... HR practitioners and anyone else who can influence the, the, the way we design work. Yes. Yeah. So that we um, don't have this lost generation, right? And That's right. And, and uh, look, I agree uh, with Kevin's point on, you know, the, the jobs of the future aren't what they are now. I, I've got two kids and, and when my son was born, I, I said to him, I want you to be an engineer, yeah. you know? And yeah. the reason for me saying that was because I believe engineers have that ability to turn an idea in their head mm. into something that is real, you yep. know, and, and, and get it down, plan it, and then make it. And I think when you look at the skill sets of the future, the ability to do that, you know, to use judgment, have an idea, and then turn that into a, into something, I think that's critical for us as a yeah. race, and then um, and we move forward. So, yeah. I, but then again, I don't really want to put a pressure on him to say you have to do an engineering degree. Yeah, yeah. You know, there might I'm, not be engineering degrees as we know it when no. he's you know eighteen. That's so. right. I'm teaching my kids to hustle. I reckon hustling. Yeah, that hustling. will always. Get you somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly right. I, I think, and also the ability to be a chameleon, to go out there yeah. and integrate into any group, you know, be able to engage with people and, mm. and gather mm. ideas and then be able to absorb all that information and process it into an outcome. Yep. I think that's basically the skills yeah. that they need for the future. And, and I think learning agility as well. I mean, we actually had a conversation before this podcast with someone asking us about how did we learn how to set up all the equipment and do all the recording and the editing and stuff? And I just said YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> and he, goes, he actually asked me, he said, did you go, yeah. what degree did you do or what sort yeah. of formal training? No, I, did, I did a podcast degree. <laughs> yeah. Three yeah. years. And he went on YouTube. Oh, yeah. See, millennial. Yeah. You know, Gen X. Well, <laughs> my, son, my son watches the YouTube videos where this guy, all he does is... Um, look at Nerf guns and, and how yeah. they're built yeah. and then he shoots them and stuff and, and with the amount of subscribers he's got this guy's earning 200 grand a year yeah, so all he does way. is play with, with kids toys yeah. Yeah. I'm like and my son loves it yep. so I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of them do things like that you know? yeah we got to stop talking about HR there's no money in that yeah yeah <laughs> we're going to now, start talking about YouTube now yeah. while we're in activist mode mm-hmm. I understand you've got a pledge that you um, you're big on at the moment you want yeah. to talk us through that 
Um, we realised early on that um, this model, the benefits of the model are creating full-time jobs because, like I said, when they decrease their overhead and increase their revenue, they now have the cash flow to hire new people and create new jobs. Yep. And we started seeing that with our clients. But also the prevention of job dis- destruction, mm. you know, yeah. where people aren't losing their jobs because we're now getting them onto contracts. And and I thought about that when there's a lot of power in that, into, into creating these full-time jobs. So we've launched the 1,000 Job Pledge campaign where we're pledging to create 1,000 new full-time jobs in industry. Yep. Um, it's not one of those pledges where the politician gets up and goes, hey, we're going to create jobs, so everyone just hire someone. You know, this is about hmm. if you're using the model to improve your utilisation, it naturally will create jobs. So there's no cost. When you take the pledge, there's no, like, I will pledge to hire 20 people. Right. It's just you're pledging to put your short-term contracts on for the benefit of the small to medium businesses so Got that it. we can grow more robust companies. Yep. Yep. So for every $100,000 a business saves in their, in their overhead, we're equating that to one full-time job because right. that's, that's, a, that's more than the average salary. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I guess it's an indicator of increased cash flow in industry, which mm. is an indicator of job creation. Yep. Um, yeah. Yep. So, yeah, we, we love everyone to get on board and support something like that because it'll make such a positive impact yeah. in the economy, I think. Yeah, that's awesome. Mm, and have you, got, um, have you got interest you know, uh, for the 1,000-job the pledge from, yeah. I guess, industry? But also, I, I presume politicians would be up for... Yeah, well, we just got a letter from the Queensland Treasurer telling us what a great great yeah. campaign it was and yep. how he's going to start spreading the word and Far um, all of our clients well most of our clients have signed up that, yeah. that would that would support it um, and, and what we're doing is we're announcing every month who the biggest job creator was that month yep. and then next year in October we're going to have the Bench on Job Creation Awards where we'll announce the biggest job creator of the year so yep some of these enterprises around here, you know, should be striving to be that person yeah. next well, year. Well, we might. Yeah. That's no, I'm right. just I'm, I'm racking my brains here as to how we might be able to jump on board and get our bench on. Yeah, yeah, I think it's a great idea. I mean, we, we certainly, we see in our business the cycle of, of the peaks and troughs, and yeah. I don't think it's any different for any other organisation. I'm sure everybody has peak periods and trough periods. Mm-hmm. And actually, we were speaking yesterday with Lion, and mm. they were talking about the summer months, everybody's drinking beer, you know, they pause all of their projects and everybody just focuses on production and selling yep. for three months of an entire year or longer. Yeah. You could imagine organisations well, like that, surely the peaks and troughs are steep. Yeah. And they must be exactly the kind of client that needs this kind of service. Yeah, that's exactly right. We find on the supply side, it's all of the companies who are in contract-based industries. And yeah. on the you know, the, the ones who need the support, they're everyone. You know, the big banks don't yeah. work in contract-based industries, but they no. need vast amounts of consultant support for their projects. Yeah. Um, so really, you know, whatever skill set you need, whenever you need them. Mm. Uh, they're out there. I think it's great, and and I guess from for us, just extending on our, on, we have de- built a business around permanence. Mm. We believe that as a consulting organisation, um, developing the future knowledge proposition and you know having that culture imbibed through every one of our people mm. is a big part of the value proposition. What's your com- uh, competitive advantage, right? Your people c- are your competitive advantage. Correct, but yeah. it is hard when you're in a cyc- cyclical business. Um, and you're a small, smaller organisation, mm. um, not to be tempted into you know, a high proportion of contractors yeah. being yeah. used. And yeah. that's typical of our industry. Yeah. So what I like about this model is, and I'm, I'm really thinking out loud here, um, we, we can continue to build and grow and sustain a, a, a higher proportion of permanents that yeah. are um, bleeding orange. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's not great in a... Um, Audio-visual, is it? <laughs> um, and have them experience, you know, work 
um, opportunities, uh, project opportunities that are outside of our specific client base too. Which mm. and, and then know where their next paycheck's coming from, not you yeah, know, that's right. have to hope for the best that yeah. something will come up. Yep. Yeah. Can I presume you get you continue to get supported by your your home organisation, if you like, so your learning and development and your mentoring and other aspects of, of being an employee yeah. continue to be sustained. That's right. But you're on loan. It's like the old, it's like the, the soccer club, you know, putting the player on loan for six months to, you know, a, 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 to get their skills somewhere else for a while. Uh, and that's that's what makes this really simple. You, you're still the employee of your parent company. You yeah. know, you've still got your same employee agreement. They're yep. paying your wages, the taxes, the insurances, everything. Yep. So then the people who are getting, the company that's getting that person, all they have to do is pay the daily rate and yeah. it's done. Yeah. It's simple. It's easy. It's yeah. straightforward. Now, Tim, you've had to sort of think laterally to come up with this idea. Mm. And for, for people that are listening at the moment that are maybe a bit vexed with some of the problems they're facing, you know, what would be some advice about trying to think a little bit differently about how to solve their problems? Like, you've obviously had to look at things from a really different perspective. Yeah. You know? Um, I think firstly, uh, you, you'd certainly need some experience in that area to understand the, the true issues, but it also helps if you come in fresh. So I'm a retired mm. army major, right? Mm. And, and I you know, moved into defense project management before I jumped out into industry. So my background before then was, was very different. And I mean, in the army, the first thing they tell you is, if anyone says, well, that's the way it's always been done, that's a massive red flag, and yeah. you should be going, Why? You know, why is that? And that's exactly what I did when I came out in the industry. I saw this problem and just went, well, why, why are we having this problem? Yeah. Why are we having this issue? And all the companies I talked to just went, oh, underutilisation, it's a common business practice. We just roll the cost into our overheads and we move on. You know? <laughs> Opics. Yeah, and I'm like, but why do you do that? You're yeah, losing yeah, money yeah. for nothing. And then, and then you get the light bulb moment. Everyone knows, every entrepreneur knows that light bulb moment where your heart skips a beat <laughs> in your throat and you go... I'm onto something. Yeah. Like, and, then, and then you run out and you tell your wife, oh, blah, blah, blah. I've got this idea. And she looks at you and nods yeah. and goes, oh, that's good. We've still know? got a mortgage. <laughs> Timothy, we still have a mortgage. Yeah, that's right. So um, I guess that's it. You need, you, you need a, a good amount of experience, but I think not too much. Don't be that person mm. who's so ingrained in the industry that you can't you're biased. You can't yeah. see the, the issues. Yeah, I, the look, I, I think that's um, – I see a lot of the innovation that's occurring in – certainly the space that we operate in, it's coming from that – um, outsider's perspective, and mm. and we we value that ourselves. We you know our our team we we talk about you know the privilege we have being outsiders when we come into organisations. Yeah, and to never lose that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> to try to, to to try to keep that. Um, but it, it's true. You know, if if you're coming at a business problem through a very um, an untainted lens. Yeah. You know the ability to see that clearly and to to say, you know, how about we have a crack at it this way? Yeah, you know? and, and just and try I, it. Yeah, yeah, I'm seeing a lot of um, the innovation in our space has come come from that lens, but equally, it's come from the co- I guess the cost of entry mm. to actually stand up technology now in the cloud world, and mm. with, you know, um, enables you to get that idea and go right. I can actually execute on that now. Yeah, I don't have to go and take that idea to some massive software company and try and convince them of the you know worth of doing it yeah no well that happened to me when i when i designed this i i specced out the whole tech that i wanted i took it to a tech company and said i need you to build this and they yeah. went yep that'll be a million dollars and i went well <laughs> good <Yeah. laughs> when i win the lotto i'll come back um so i went through the blue chili accelerator who yep. helped me out a lot with that yeah. and um i think now in um raising money in Australia is, is becoming very slowly, but it is becoming easier to do. So mm, we, mm. we raised a pre-seed round early on and then used that money to build the tech. Um, so yeah, I think 
all people need these days is a good idea and a laptop, and you can yeah. you can make it happen. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, uh, but I think the important <laughs> thing is the good idea. Yeah, yeah. In the first place, there's yeah. a lot of pretty half-assed ideas that are out there trying to seek funding for things. Too. Well, that's right. It needs yeah. to be a critical problem, you know. <laughs> yeah. And I say that to everyone. You know, yeah. if your if your idea is a nice to have, yeah. you know, then people are going to go, "Oh, that's great. I'll get around to it eventually." Whereas mm. if it's a critical mm. problem that you're solving and a real pain point. And people will listen to you and they will implement faster. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So um, uh, what's the, where to from here? What's the, what's the future hold for World for domination. Yeah, world, world domination, of course. Yeah. Um, the, uh, certainly, even just being at this conference, we've just been swamped with enterprises that are now running pilot programs for us. Mm. So mm. We're, we're currently in a seed round. So if there's any investors listening, give me a call. Yeah, um, this is only an investors community. We've got a very qualified... <laughs> <laughs> Um, so we're raising the seed round now because we need to um, continue to automate the platform to scale yep. to meet the demand that we're currently experiencing. Um, I, I say to the team, it's always the issue now is, is catastrophic success. Yep. Um, and so we need to be prepared for that. Um, so uh, in February next year, we'll be launching our fully automated platform. Mm-hmm. And then uh, by the end of next year, we'll, we will be looking to enter a new uh, global market. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So it's it's going to be a whirlwind twelve months. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. It's exciting. We'll have to keep uh, keep tabs on Bench on and see how you go. Yeah, that'd be great. Love to. Thanks for joining us on the podcast. Huh? Thanks a lot, guys. Yeah, Appreciate it. Sorry. Cheers, Tim.